Well, so how many of you have taken advice from this rabbit? You know what I'm talking about? If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, this is Bambi's friend, Thumper. And Thumper is very fond of reminding us, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. There's even uh, a word that scholars have come up with, and, and that is that this is Thumper's rule. Well, here's the thing. We are more than mere rabbits. And as children adopted through Christ as the church, Christ's body in the world, we are called to more than just, if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. We are actually called to be imitators of God, loving Christ as Christ loved us. And that means that there are times when we simply cannot be silent. And that also means that there are times when we're not going to agree with each other. So how do we do this as people who maybe do not share the same opinions, people who are on the other side of that cultural divide? How do we clothe ourselves with this new life in Christ? Well, this morning, the letter to the church in Ephesus gives us some new rules on how to do just that. So as we approach God's word, will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, still our minds and calm our hearts, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts may be pleasing in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning, we're continuing on our journey through Ephesians. If you've been following along, we kicked off this series with a reminder that we have been created as new creatures in Christ, inheriting the great inheritance from God of God's grace. And then two weeks ago, we talked about that peace of Christ that we're called to share with one another. And last week, we talked about what that peace was founded on, what that foundation was, and that was that love of Christ, that new love that we experience in Christ. Today, we get to the second half of the Ephesians, and this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is where we get Paul's advice on how to be and how to live as new creatures in life. Hear now the words that are attributed to the Apostle Paul from the letter to the church in Ephesus. The Greek is translated this way. So then putting away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with your neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. Those who steal must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor doing good work with their hands so as to have something to share with the needy. 
Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul is offering this blessed community in Ephesus new rules to live by. But it's probably kind of like the family rules that you may have signs up in your house. The rules are pretty simple. Paul says, speak the truth. Do not steal. Do away with bitterness and wrath, wrangling, slander, and malice. Be kind and tender and forgiving. These rules are a reflection of our new lives, the new reality to which Paul is claiming as our own. Paul is saying, you're not the same people anymore, so stop acting like it. I mean, you wouldn't put on dirty clothes after you took a bath, right? So don't live the way that you did. Live the way that you are. Nearly 30 years ago, there was a Japanese scientist named Masuro Emoto, and he wrote this best-selling New York Times book called The Message of Water. And in that book, he showed microscopic pictures of water crystals. And these crystals were formed in the presence of words. So when they put the word thank you, we have this beautiful almost starflake-like crystal. Likewise with wisdom and truth. When we say bad things, or when bad things were written on the little jar, like you make me sick, we have these ugly crystals that are formed. In fact, he claims that even the power of prayer can be seen in witness in the way these crystals of water form. So let me just ask, how many of you are buying that? We have some skeptics, right? All right, I hear you. Well, here's the thing. There's all sorts of medical studies also that basically say the same thing. There was a book written by Andrew Newberg and Mark Waldham called Words Can Change Your Brain. And in it, they say, now listen, they say a single word has the power to influence the expression of our very genes. Negative words release stress and anxiety-inducing hormones in its subjects. And whether spoken or heard or even thought, negative words not only cause situational stress in that moment, but also contribute to long-term anxiety and physical health problems. 
In contrast, positive and optimistic words stimulate the frontal lobe and connect to the uh, motor cortex of the brain that is responsible for moving us into action. I mean, science is documenting what we all already know to be true, that positive words encourage us to positive actions and transformation. And if you've ever been a coach or a teacher or a mentor or a parent, you have seen this firsthand. These studies really uphold that wisdom in the book of Proverbs, that kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. As I was working on this sermon this week, I got a little email in my church inbox. It was from a gentleman that I didn't know. And he was asking me if I might be related somehow to the Michael Ireland who taught orchestra in Olathe, Kansas back in the 1980s. He said that his life had been changed and he had instilled in him a lifelong love of music and that he still plays the violin even if he's not that great. Well, he asked how my dad was. And I will tell you, my dad suffers from Lewy body. It's a, a form of Parkinson's. And he's still blessed to be at his house, but his days are long and silent. And that email that was shared with him, that little message, it meant so much to him and it meant so much to my mother, and it meant so much to me. So I want you to just take a moment right now, close your eyes if you like, and I want you just to think of one person, one, something that, one person that's said something good to you, said something that you carry with you. I want you just to hold that person right now in your heart. I hope that you have someone right now and I want you to believe those words that were said, and I want you to continue living those words out in your lives. How we talk to each other, the words we use, determine also how we see ourselves. And how we speak to others determines how they see us. And this is true for both individuals and for the church. Because who we believe we are empowers and reflects what we say and how we act. And if we're being honest, and if we're being vulnerable, we must admit that in our new life as the body of Christ, there are simply times when we're going to disagree. And Paul's a realist here, he understands this, and he gives the church permission to disagree, to even be angry. But he says, don't let that anger turn into sin. Don't let that anger fester and grow into resentment and hostility and harm. Well, can I get real with you all for a minute? You know, sometimes I think that thumpers rule. Maybe it's caused me to grieve that spirit that Paul talks about in this passage. Because I think that there are times when I should have spoken up for those voices that aren't heard, 
for those who are not seen, for those that feel left out, for those that suffer, for those who suffer violence and intolerance and iniquity and injustice. And I was silent, you all, because I didn't know how to speak up and still build up that body of Christ. Have you ever felt that way? Mm -hmm. Well, frankly, I stopped right there when I was writing the sermon because I didn't know what to say. And I prayed and I listened and I wrote a bunch of words out and then I deleted a bunch of words. And I woke up on Saturday and, and the sermon wasn't done and I went to the officer retreat and the spirit, as the spirit is prone to do, it moved. We had Carrie uh, with us at the session retreat and he helped us understand how to engage in courageous conversations with people with whom we may disagree. And I don't have time to tell you all the wisdom that he imparted for us, but I wanna leave you with one takeaway that I'm going to keep. And that is that we have so much more in common than our differences. We have so much more in common than our differences. And because of that, we are to listen attentively and with empathy, understanding those people with whom we simply do not agree. And here's the most important thing. You know, that's a great self-help book, yes. But here's what Carrie told us as Christians to do. Pray before, pray during, and pray after. Be aware of the words and let the Spirit help you to make these words healthy and able to build up that body of Christ. You know, the Apostle Paul simply states it this way. I mean this way. Walk in a manner worthy of your calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all, and through all and in all. Friends, we are more than just rabbits. We are called to be no less than imitators of God in the Spirit, one in the Lord, united in Christ and with each other, even those people with whom we disagree. May it be so in my life, may it be so in your lives, in the lives of your family, in the life of this church. Amen.